Another episode of Crystal Myth with myself, Leslie Anderson, and me, hi, Mark, yeah, and Yasmin's here. Hey, y'all, Yasmin. And this week we're going to be talking about South American mythology. Now, South America is quite a large play. Can you name some countries within South America? I was focused. I'm focusing on Peru because I'm quite fascinated by the area of Peru. Where is it on the map, though? I'm so ignorant. (laughs) I look up. Is Peru like quite far south? Is it? Yeah, <laughs> might be making that coast. up. I think it's on the coastline. I'm looking it up. That's terrible. Peru, because I really want to. Like, oh, Peru like, is on the. Kind of like yeah, it's on like the east coast. It's the but... west coast. West, east, west. Never east, east, west. Oh yeah, it's west. <laughs> Sorry. I'm looking at the map now, right? So it's on the northwest coast of South America. Well, that's the exact opposite of where I thought it was. Yeah, and it's quite a wee, yeah, small, oh, that's quite a big country, actually. I think that's where most of the Incas lived. Yeah, that's, I'm dying to go there, go much. Love to go to, yeah, really, uh, yeah, because it's got, like, quite high mountains, it's got a lot of jungle, so a very interesting place, and it's also on the coastline, and then you've got Brazil, Bolivia, Chile, Argentina, Venezuela, would Mexico count as South America? I guess it would. Yeah, Mexico, South America. But more like Central America. I don't want argument with someone over this. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah honestly, even my office are absolute lizards sometimes. Like things that absolute we lizards. Lizards. <laughs> 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 lizards. Well, because they're all English, so they have arguments with me over stupid things. But this was like I was put in my place when I was told that Mexico is, is Central America and not South America. So um, I I, I, I've always thought that Mexico was South America. Is not like the most northerly point of South America? If you look at the map overall of the Americas, it is sort of bang in the centre. No, I was told off horrifically for having thinking it was South America. Don't need to tell you off horrifically. That's a bit over the top. Were you told off by a Mexican person or a white man? A white man. Well, well, that's even fuck them. <laughs> were they a heterosexual white man? Of course. Yeah, well, they're not even people. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you listening to that for? <laughs> to that, not him. Do I must to that? I don't know. I don't know why I ever listen to Is that. Is that right? I mean, speaking of... Oh, maybe I shouldn't mention this because I'll probably get cancelled, but there was a top 10 show on Channel 5 or something, and it was like the top 10 women directors uh, that they'd chosen, and one of which was The Matrix. And I went, no, hang on a second. They were men when they made that. So technically, they weren't women directors when they made The Matrix. You can't include that in the list. What is this that... directors that have had like gender change? Well, yeah, the Wachowski brothers are now the Wachowski sisters. So they're transgender now. But at the time when they made The Matrix, they weren't. So how can you... I mean, technically, that is right. not always women in a man's body. no. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I agree with Yaz. Like they were. No, no, yeah. I'm sorry, but biologically, at that point, they weren't women. 
they women now, but they're they weren't then. So you can't include surely your whatever your mind or your spirit is not what your physical. But they literally called themselves the Wachowski brothers. Yeah, but that's because it was the nineties, and if they called themselves the Wachowski sisters, someone would probably have shot them. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, I disagree. But anyway, anyway, so sound like a white (laughs) analyst. All gang up on me at once. (laughs) So um, yeah, so like. What country are you, or have you chosen, are you speaking about things from South American myths, like from all the various countries? I've just focused on Peru. Um, can I kick off then? Because mine's yes, just yeah. a bit of a varied kind of all over the place, really. Do um, <laughs> 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 you drink before you came on here? <laughs> no. No, but in that kind of like weird, tired way where I do feel a little bit drunk, it's because I was already really tired, but I was quite annoyed you know when you're just in a general like funk I decided to go hill walking so I went up a hill and then back down and then up the hill next to it so I was walking up and down hills for about nearly three hours so I think I've made myself go mad with tiredness you drank plenty of water I did I'm very well hydrated I've still got water here I'm shaking out so you can see it listeners can you see my water but yeah I'm just quite sleepy and cozy hopefully that these little stories will cheer you up and to be fair I think I'm a weirdo because when I was reading these it's like they're all meant to be these like scary like legends and scary like monstery things and I just find them all really funny so I don't know what's wrong with me but hey you can tell me (laughs) I mean again we did say this before we started recording I'm already on board with you because the myths that I looked at are all supposed to be terrifying. And at least two of the three, the ones I looked at, I kind of want to like be friends with. And like, it's our film about me and them. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same, like the one I looked at. Although it's, it, well, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, let's hear what Yasmin's got to say. So on my top 10 list, number 10 comes in at, oh no, I'm not able to pronounce it. <laughs> oh no, it's a top 10 list, yeah. <laughs> it's going to annoy me. <laughs> Any <laughs> the first one is El Imbunichi. This is from Chile. And he basically looks like a big gnome that's Aww. covered in shells. Oh, he's covered in shells? And, yeah. Aww. I don't know why he's covered in shells, but basically this is meant to be like a, a terrifying tale. <laughs> um, Because I don't know what's wrong with me today. <laughs> Stop it. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with you, Yasmin. There never <laughs> is. You're perfect. <laughs> Basically, there was a wee boy and he was sold by his parents when he was only nine days old. Oh, um, And a special guild of warlocks from Chile or from the Chilean folklore, they bought him. And But the baby was like deformed and had like discated limbs and like there was like a lot of things wrong with him. Oh, I understand now why they wanted to sell him. <laughs> That's terrible. You can't have <laughs> children because there's something not right about them. <laughs> Leslie, why are you being a Nazi today? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just playing devil's advocate. Basically, they they created this thing because they were, I don't, like, this. I don't understand if they were trying to fix the baby or change it or what the fuck they were trying to do. But basically, all these warlocks started this process on the baby and he ended up with, like, a forked tongue and the last, and his head on the wrong way as well, which was just really, really sick. Back to front from the raggy dolls. But then the last part of the transformation was that they put a cut behind his shoulder and put his right hand inside it and then they sewed it all up. So they just created this horrible creature out of this little deformed baby, which was mean. And I don't really get why they did this, like literally. No, the last bit threw me there. Yeah, it's just 
a bit weird and gross and I don't know if it was just meant to scare little children that, you know, if you don't do what your parents say, you're going to get sold to these, like, warlocks and they're going to, like, do fucked up things to you. But, yeah, it, they, they just created this. And then it was, like, the guardian of a cave that just sat in front of this cave, guarding this random cave, but looking really grotesque and horrible and ugly, which is just, Did yeah. Did they say what was in the cave? That it was nope. so important? Nope. <laughs> oh, I know what's in the cave. I don't know. It just all seems to be about how these warlocks did this to this child, and I think it's terrible. I wonder how much money the parents got for it. I don't know. <laughs> Better hope you don't find out. Yeah. Watch your mum and dad don't sell you off. That's too late now. I mean, I'm an independent woman. <laughs> they can't sell me off now. There's anything that's everywhere around. I'll sell them off. So next one is, I don't know if this is cute or weird or what the fuck it is. It's called El Bombero. And this one's in Argentina. Cute name. Yeah, I think it's quite cute. In Argentina and Paraguay. Basically, it's also known as the Crajoyara, which is the owner of the sun. It's Kui Dwarf Regini, and he lives in the forest, and he protects all the birds and, from, like, kids and stuff. With, like, You know when kids come in, they play in the forest, and they just fuck everything up, and they have slingshots and stuff? Mm-hmm. So he apparently protects all the animals and the birds from, like, little kids. But what does he do? <laughs> I don't know, actually. No, he's, he's just, he can, like, either turn into, like, an old man, he can scare them away, or he can be, like... I do find old men quite scary, so that probably would work. <laughs> or he can turn himself invisible and, like, scare them away that way so he can, like, shove them and push them and stuff. But the weird thing about this is if a woman... T- if if a, he touches a woman's belly, she can become pregnant that way. Fuck that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to sell it to the nearest warlock. <laughs> but basically, this guy is also blamed for anything bad that happens in a town, so... If someone's lost something or if something's stolen or anyone that's accidentally got pregnant, it's all because of the bombero. He just causes... Well, I suppose that's a good excuse, isn't it? If you yeah. shagged about and happened to get pregnant and it's the like, cover oh. didn't break. Oh, was that guy? He, he touched my belly. <laughs> he touched my and belly. Is he like half bombero or is it just bombero. a human baby but it's got a bombero dad? That's I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I said that. Like, yes, you're the world's leading bombero expert. <laughs> Bambi. I mean, I feel like I should have researched this a bit more so I could answer every question on the sun and become an expert. Just make, Just make an answer up. What do you feel in your heart? Would the baby be half from metal or human with a bombero mask? Because I think the women are talking shit. I think they <laughs> just got locked up and then they blame everything on bombero. Especially because mm-hmm. he's invisible. So it's like, oh dear, is something like oh, how convenient. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't all that dick I was riding. It <laughs> the invisible dwarf that touched my belly. <laughs> Oh, God. This one I really like. This next one is... Oh, I don't know how to pronounce it, though. Lichiguapa? Le, Le, Le it's in the Republic. Yeah. So Lichiguapa is a wild and magical creature that looks... The looks of a mountain siren. She's absolutely stunning. And so some people see her as being this absolutely stunningly beautiful girl, whereas some people see her as being really horrible and ugly. So lonely men who are, well, lucky or unlucky to find, to find her, fall in love with her, they'll sleep with her that night, have like the most amazing night of their life, and then after the next, well, after they're finished, the Siguapa will kill them. So she's like a Titan yeah. Mantis or a Black Widow Spider? Uh, yeah, I guess. Okay, cool. I, I like guess. her. I like her. I like her style. But if she falls in love with the man, she'll like howl all night, like during a full moon, because... I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sure this website doesn't really give you much details of why these people do the things they do. Yeah, what if um, she loves the man, but the man loves her back? Surely she doesn't need to go and cry at the moon. She can just... Well, maybe that's why she cries at the moon, because the man doesn't love her back. He just bangs her once and then fucks off. 
Yeah, maybe before, actually that's why she Before she can aim. Well, she wouldn't aim because she likes... Love. Yeah, that's true. I'll give it that. But she's just basically a psycho that she wants someone to love her. <laughs> <laughs> just goes to show that good looks can't get ever, can't get you all happiness. <laughs> so a lot, a lot of the, like, the next one as well is kind of similar where it's this woman who, again shows up as being absolutely beautiful but she's actually like kind of covered from head to toe like she looks like someone wearing a burqa basically where she only comes out after midnight and she's completely covered up all you can see are eyes and her eyes are like really really beautiful and she'll it's usually like kind of men that are still around that night whether they're drunk or whatever and she'll let them like kill her up basically so she'll let over them... or under the burqa <laughs> Um, uh, under it so they get to yeah. touch her body um, okay. until she can get them to sort of go somewhere quiet and empty and then she basically takes her burqa off and she's got no face no lips no hair no, nothing she's just just, eyes? just, yeah, just skull with eyes that's amazing um, <laughs> I love that <laughs> but yes yeah, a lot of her victims faint because it's like what the hell um, and in the morning <laughs> really funny not the part that she has no face and all this stuff but in, like when they recover they wake up and they're just covered in thistles <laughs> like, they're, they're covered in thistles yeah and I'm like what the hell is the point of that like she doesn't eat them she doesn't like sleep with them she doesn't do anything to them she just scares them and basically people think it's probably like the catholic church again trying to scare people into like not being unfaithful and just not <laughs> Creeping around at night time and stuff, but I I'm like the idea though because that's still insane because it's not like if you're unfaithful or if you shag about like something terrible happened to you, it's like you might get thistles on you. But you'll also see, see the scary lady that has no face. Some people then, might be into that. What I'm confused at is that they felt her up underneath her burqa, but did she have like genitalia or te- or, or breasts or well, was she, she just like go that far because they were technically still in public so they let her sort of like feel her up enough just to see that there's oh, okay there but yeah no actual sex happens in the story honestly that is the best story i've ever heard. like i just love the fact that she's just a thing with eyes <laughs> it was really funny like i just did she have tip breasts is the best question anyone's tip ever breasts. <laughs> Did she have genitalia or tip breasts? Oh god, but yeah. Then we have something. This one's not a person or a creature. La Luz Mala in Argentina, and this basically is more of a phenomenon that happens um, in swamps and marsh marshes in Argentina. So basically, people have seen balls of light just after sunset, like, floating above the, um, like the water. Um, and some people say that you, <laughs> that if you pray or bite a knife, if you see that, that'll protect you. But basically, they think it's, like, the devil's lamp. And I was just trying to think if I've ever seen anything like that. I don't think I've ever had. Like, I don't, I don't really hang about, like, swamps or marshes. <laughs> 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 I don't really hang about devils or something. I mean, but... I hang about you guys, so, yeah. I don't okay. Know. And I shagged the devil that time. So some people say it's just nonsense, and it's actually just owls that are white, and they've just been like sort of floating near the water. But other people, yeah, think it's like the devil that's out looking for sinners who've rejected God. To high five them, presumably, because he'd be into that. (laughs) But yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that, like white things floating over. Swamps or rivers. Well, it might be. Did he have bioluminescent insects? 
and south america i don't know maybe they do they've got i know they've got frogs that have like fancy patterns like loads of tree frogs i mean it is brazil the amazon forest got loads of weird creatures that live there mm. that make glow in the dark yeah. i was thinking also if it's a swamp sometimes there's like weird gases that come out of swamps mm. it could just be yeah. like ball lightning yeah i think it could be something like that but you know you have to turn everything to be evil and the devil's out to get you so you need to stay at home because we can't have children going out at night time. Um, Fair enough. This next one is another lady. The lady. <laughs> called La Tunda. And she's La from Tunda. Colombia and Ecuador. Flagey says, so they've got 16th century, 23 slaves escaped from a merchant ship um, that's going from Panama to Peru. Um, and then when they got there, they fought the natives on the land and their cries apparently reached hell and woke the devil who killed them all while disguised as a prince. <laughs> Fabulous. Then, yeah, of course. I love stuff with the devil on it. It's just always like hilarious. He then <laughs> fought them um, I'm assuming like, just like a white prince murdered them all and then was like, that was the devil disguised as me. Absolute <laughs> bastard. Because I don't think the devil would randomly murder a bunch of slaves. Nah. But yeah. a prince, an actual prince, all of the current royal family except Prince Harry, <laughs> they murdered a bunch of slaves. Well, Prince Harry's a fucking hypocrite because he's going on about saving the animals and that when there's literally a picture of him sat over a dead buffalo with a gun in his hand. I mean, that does make me shot. Lie, but also, I think it was when he was younger and you have to remember that he was brainwashed by his evil family and now he has a second. <laughs> and maybe she's like, you do realise that when you shoot an animal, it would hurt the same as if I shot you? And he's like, oh, I've never actually realised that before. My grandmother told me to shoot animals to death. My, gra- my grandfather's in hospital sucking the life out of orphans as we speak. <laughs> no, sorry, Az. Can I count the slaves? That's funnier. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't remember what I was saying. Oh, yeah. So, Prince, Devil, whatever one you want to think he is, he basically comes out and he kills the slaves because they've sort of came to, I don't know, like, um, and, but then while this is happening, he falls in love with one of the, the slave girls, um, who's, again, absolutely stunningly beautiful. They get married and they have several children. One of them is Latunda. But obviously this girl is half human, half devil. So she's actually shapes shape. I can never say that. Shapeshifter. 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 But because she's the devil's daughter and because she's like a half-half, she can't actually have her own children. So because of that, she's obviously pissed off and she kidnaps children and lures men to her cave or her den. She'll she'll show up to some people as like a loved one if she's like trying to lure kids away. Um, She might show up as like their mom or their aunt or for men she'll show up as like this cute like pretty girl. <laughs> Basically when she lures them in because she's like lonely she then farts in their face. She farts in her face. Is that like her fetish? <laughs> farts in their faces and it stinks so badly yeah. <laughs> it basically breaks their will and they become uh, tied yeah. to her <laughs> and that's the funniest thing I've ever read in my life I wonder if that would work in real life <laughs> <laughs> ladies don't fart Leslie so we will never find out <laughs> okay, <then. laughs> does she um, does she look after the children okay though like she's not eating them or anything she's not eating them but basically these people become like her slaves and kind of they have to do whatever she says because she's they've she's bound them to her and but like that's just the men she's shagging or do the children become her slaves as well the children as well right that's a bit out of order because she basically wants to have her own children so she gets these kids in to like be hers yeah. 
basically. But the way she's sort of treated in the folklore is like she's basically like the bogeyman that all the children are scared of her because if she catches you in farts and you, then you'll be hers forever. <laughs> Just imagine if we kids running away from this woman trying to fart in her head. Oh my god. <laughs> I just can't. I fart in your general direction. <laughs> I fart on thee. Um, I find it funny that the prince who killed all the, the slaves decided to fall in love with one of the slaves, and then that slave woman was like, "Ah, that's cool. I'll marry you. You're a hot prince." But she, yeah, because she's luring them in before she even gets to fart on them. So I'm talking about her mum, who was a human. Well, maybe her. Well, her mum was just really beautiful. So. You know, back then it's like, oh, you're beautiful. Devil gets married. Yeah. yeah, I guess if the devil gets all the best tunes, he also he also gets all the I best mean, checks. Would, would you marry the devil? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we did that without hesitation <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'd see if the devil showed up right oh, now and was like, definitely. "I'm the devil. I'll take you away from all this. Will you marry me?" I'd be like, "Yes, yes, I will." I mean, I'd love to be queen of hell. That would be amazing. <gasps> I'd my last story. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say I would have like a really amazing outfit. Like I could just imagine myself like head to toe in sort of like spiky leather. That's exactly like, what I was thinking. I thought oh, I'd dress exactly like excuse me. From, um, <laughs> Mad Max Thunderdome. <laughs> I'm not sharing them with you. Not sharing them. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're gonna have to fight. Okay. <laughs> you and me next week in leather fetish gear at the Westwood Square. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'd know what to do with you. No. <laughs> okay, what's your last, what's your final one? My last is yet another woman as well. Who? Um, women. <laughs> she, she's kind of a witch. Um, She's called La Lisigua. She's from Costa Rica. I actually find it interesting, actually, that each one of these, like, ladies are from different countries so it's as if every country yeah. has their own. I like how you've taken uh, myths from all the different parts of South America. Mm. Sort of going on a wee tour around the, yeah. the continent. I'd love to do that in real life. Oh god, I know, so would I. So this lady as well, she's sort of a type of witch in Costa Rica and again, she's found on a lonely road in alleys looking for young men that like to party which seems to be a common theme. Um, she's been depicted as being absolutely gorgeous, really white skin, dark eyes, long black hair, black hair and she's a stuptress asking for a ride Um Looking for rides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a guy's horse or now on their car, I guess. <laughs> so they'll be like, yeah, yeah, cool, jump on or jump in the car. Um, and when they turn around, they realise that she's actually like absolutely terrifying. She's a beast with the face of a horse and bloodshot eyes. <laughs> I know, so I've, I know, I've known a few people with the faces of a horse in school. No names. <laughs> we all know who we're talking about here, don't we? I mean, I don't. You need to tell me when we finished the car. Okay. And they, when they turn around, basically, she's absolutely fucking terrifying. And again, they they like they're so scared that they kind of faint. But apparently, she also makes them impotent from fright. So you're so terrified that you can't make babies anymore. And basically, they're saying that this again comes from scaring guys into not shagging around and not sleeping around because if you end up sleeping with this yeah if you pick up a random woman she might end up being this lasiga lasigua she might scare you impotent i'm trying to think like when we were younger like say when i was about like 20 if i was drunk and we'd been at a club and a guy <laughs> invited me back to his and he had a really hot body but then he still had his body but his head turned into a horse head <laughs> We just didn't shag him. You're about to say, no, <laughs> you, no. 
<laughs> like, if I was sober, no. But, like, if I was really drunk, Some horses maybe? kind of sexy, like, with their long manes. and yeah. Not that I want to shag horses. Oh, my God, I'm not Catherine the Great. No, but if he still had, like, a hot man body, I'd maybe be like... <sighs> Put your head down, or... Yeah, like, I don't Coming really want to shag somebody that literally looks like a horse. But if you've got, like, a big sort of rugby player body, then... Well, it takes, like, you know how you get, what are these called, those centaurs? Yeah. yeah. Do you find them sexy? I feel like that's the wrong way around, though. <laughs> the wrong it's way it's like a reverse centaur, it's the it right is, way around. Yeah. I suppose, yeah. I mean, you could ride a centaur to the shop. Well, imagine riding a centaur. Like, your boyfriend, I'm just going to ride him. But then at the same time, I'm very, like, face-centric. Like, I find people that uh-huh. are just in- interested in, like, bodies and don't really mind about the face weird, like... Yeah. I'd rather shag somebody that had like a ropey body but a really hot face. Mm. Yeah, same. I think your face is more important. Yeah. Like I don't get people that are like into like gym body guys, but that faces. If they've got like eyes that are too close to their nose and stuff. Yeah. Or a wee small mouth. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yes, I'd rather shag a centaur than the horse head one. It's the model of this. So much wrong with it. So much wrong with it. If you're a single centaur out there, <laughs> can you please tweet Leslie so that she can hook us up? I, just, I, I can't learn to drive, so it would be ideal for me because then I could just say, Oi, um, pal, can can I just jump can I on? Get a ride? Yeah, get a rewrite in the literal sense, not the sexual sense. <laughs> you're right, centaurs the make the best husbands. But then yeah. would they be like hung like a horse as well? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, I suppose where the that human body cuts off, then yeah, they would have a horse penis. <laughs> what more could you ask for, Leslie? Yeah, best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the uh, Miley Cyrus song was about, wasn't it? <laughs> Shagging a centaur. <laughs> and then I could sleep his, his lovely mane give it a nice comb and this is getting into weird territory yes it's all these my little pony that sit and brush their hair and pleat it and stuff you can yeah. see his hair well, it's so romantic you do, you do get people, like, people who love my little pony like bronies like men oh. who are obsessed with ponies and they dress up as them or they they're, they're not gay or anything well they say that but they, <laughs> they love my little pony like, <laughs> I, I like that you're like they're not gay it's a, a Obviously, most of the LGBT fits up his ponies all the time, but these particular guys are straight. I'm actually dressed as a pony right now. (laughs) Did you just say pleat ponies here in your spare time, Mark? (laughs) (laughs) Sit there with your pony play gear on. (laughs) Clip clopping around your living room. (laughs) So, basically, we've established that a centaur is. The best mate you could have. They just oh, cover yeah. all the. Do you know what wouldn't be good at all? Because they, they shit where they stand, so you'd have to clean up after them constantly. Like, <laughs> just make more nappy. Earlier on, I was some air in while I was typing, and a crow flew. Sorry, this is insane. And a crow flew in and shat on my coffee table and then flew back out again. No. What? Yeah. You're, you're not. You're not. Serious. And. I was typing hi to my boss if he's listening. He can vouch tweet Leslie. Um, I was typing and I'd phoned my boss about the thing I was typing and I was like, oh, I'm just wanting to speak to you about this. And then I was like, oh, I need to go. There's a bird in my living room. And he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I 
And then I had to put it back and be like, I'm sorry, a bird came in and shot on the coffee table and then flew back out again. <laughs> Santa meant to be really good luck, though. Yeah, that's what my mum said. And she's that, an old woman gypsy woman, so... That's just something yeah. people say to make you feel better. Because, I, I, I mean, maybe this is karma, but my dad, after we've established this before, my dad used to take me to orange walks. So we were just on our way to an orange walk or afterwards, and we went under this tunnel um, somewhere in Govan, and a, and a fucking pigeon shot right on top of my head. And it was a massive one, and I was absolutely traumatized. And he had to take me into McDonald's and wash it like, out my hair in the toilets. It was obviously a Catholic anti-royalist pigeon. Yeah, yeah. My dad said, yeah, yeah, my dad said that that pigeon was probably a Tim. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm like really. That pigeon was my grandfather, Leslie. I've been shot on by birds so many times. It's disgusting. Like, I just need to stop it. One time I was, like, on my face, but I had glasses on, so at least it went on my glasses. But I kept <laughs> thinking if I wasn't wearing glasses, Ooh. what exactly? It's just... I remember when I, I just first moved here, I think I might have told you both this before, and one of the, I say wee boys, he's, like, about to basically set his exams, but at that point in time he was in P7, and it was like during the summer and I was walking up the street to meet one of my friends and his wee friend who I ended up teaching were coming the other way. And they were like, hello. And I was like, don't know, these random children was like, hello. And then he said, eh, I'm going to be going to high school soon and you're going to be my teacher. I'm in primary wow. seven. And I went, how lovely. And then a seagull flew over the top of me and shot like down my hair. And <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you said glasses, yes, yeah, because I was wearing sunglasses. So like down the front of my hair, my sunglasses, and the front of my top. And he went, a big bird just pooed all over you. Hi! <laughs> and he's walking. Like, yes, yeah, that, that is in fact what happened. I'm covered in shit. Gross. It's so disgusting. It's just, yeah, well, have you ever had someone... This is gross. Um, <laughs> we're so going way off topic, but this is fun. So one time I was in Blackpool, which is like, to anyone who's not been outside the UK... Is like um, sort of like a shit English sort of Las Vegas with a tower and that, and it's got like a seaside and it's got like piers and like fun rides and stuff and a theme park, whatever. It really is. It's a perfect description of I haven't been there there for a long time because it's just awful. All right, anyway, so I was on the pier and it was like, you know, one of those rides where it's sort of what's it called? It's like a row of seats and it just sort of goes up and then down to the side, side to side. Yeah, I know the one you mean. I think yeah. there's something called magic carpets. Yeah. No, no. Well, it's like a magic carpet, only it's not... It's, um, banana boat or something. Oh, fuck no, it's right. Anyway, so I was on one of them, and someone had, I think they did it deliberately, spewed, and oh. I mean, thank fuck I wasn't sitting right next to the person who spewed, but a bit of it went in my mouth. Oh, no. Oh, ew, ew. And it tasted like... It tasted like cider and blackcurrant. It was disgusting. <laughs> I felt so violated. I was like nearly spewing myself. And you know, so, I can handle like blood and guts and stuff uh, like that. I can't handle puke. I just know like nah. It's, yeah. It's, that's literally the, the worst one thing. The one thing I can't handle is snot. I can oh, handle, I can't handle my own not. blood. Other people's blood, fine. Like if somebody lopped off one of your arms in front of me, I'd deal with it. But if I pricked my finger, I'm <laughs> I'm so precious. If I pricked my finger on like a sewing needle, I couldn't deal. No way. Yeah, sick I'm fine with. Shit and piss I'm fine with. But no, no. I like pure shit. Ah. No, I, can't. I don't mind blood. I just don't like bones breaking and overly tall people oh. who look like they could snap in half. Oh, yeah, overly tall people. 
I feel like that um, leads naturally into yeah. mine. Do you want me to go? <laughs> yeah. Why not traumatise Leslie even more by telling me about some horrible, hideous double thing? Oh, my God. So, I looked at myths from Guyana, and one of them I looked at, and I really liked it. But, yeah, I decided to do it because I thought that it would uh, unnerve you, Leslie. I'm sure we've all worked out how seen as it went. That links to what I'm going to talk about. What could it be? So I looked at the Guyanese myth of the Moongazer. So the Moongazer is the myth of an exceptionally tall creature that are around 60 feet tall. Oh, no. But then mm-hmm. I was going to say, does that unnerve you? Because I feel like 60 feet is so tall. That, does that, is that I was like... going to say that that is a bit beyond the, the yeah. point where I would care. Because I couldn't see its face. Normal, though. Are they like proportionate? Yeah, they're proportionate. Mm, so yeah, that would freak me out. That would really freak. Are they really thin? No, like they're they're like well. They're normal. They're humanoid, so like they're proportionate. So they're just like a really big person. Oh well, that's not too bad. Yeah. I, I really like. like I, I, this is one of the ones I decided I wanted to be friends with. I think they're really okay. cute. They're about they're like humanoid looking. They're about sixty feet tall. They have slightly bigger heads proportionally than a human would have. So actually, if anything, Leslie, they're not like super skinny. They're like kind of chunksters. That's not that's okay. And their skin is like intense, bright white. Oh, they sound like weird vampire things. Yeah, well, they can only get like vampire. Well, they can only come out at night when the moon is full and the people of Guyana aren't really, it's not really clear from anything I read where it is that they live when it's not night and the moon isn't full, but they seem to always appear either by like deep rivers or deep lakes or coastlines. So I imagine they live underwater, but yeah, not that vampires live underwater, but again, that's kind of vampire because they only come out like in the dead of night when there's a full moon. And basically all they do when they come out is they like absentmindedly wander around and stare at the moon. They just I like, wouldn't call them vampires then. I would just call them nocturnal creatures. Yeah. yeah. I just like the idea that it, it says, all the things I looked at, it said they're very absent-minded and they don't really pay attention to what's going on around about them. They just kind of slowly stroll about and stare up into the sky. And I was like, oh, I like them. They're not really doing it. They're just staring and just being like... Yeah. Just oh, having a great. wander and a, a wee squatch. It did say that one of the things I read is that if you see one, you must leave it be and not disturb it. Because... Oh. If you yeah. deliberately disturb it, so not like if you, you know walk by and sneeze or whatever, it would just carry on its staring. But if you actively went over and tried to like stop it or attack it or like unnerve it in any way or distract it in any way, uh, then it will stare directly into your eyes and you'll lose your mind. Oh my god, that's a terrifying actually. Yeah, because I was going to say like if they're so big and absent-minded, then they would be easy to capture. But then that's probably why nobody's captured them. Yeah. Okay of that situation that's a good defense mechanism it's a good defense mechanism and i think if you're going to be a dick then you deserve to have your faculties removed that'll teach you <laughs> yeah. also it's forever it's not like a temporary like you lose kind of reminds me of like the deadlights from it like don't stare into the yeah. light it turns mm. you mental yeah yeah whoa so, that was the first one i looked at that i want to go on my uh, guyanese pixar adventure with so my dream is when i make a pixar film where I'm a plucky wee guy that goes to Guyana. I'll make friends with a like funky Guyanese girl, and then we'll make friends with the Moongazer, and that's her first character in the Pixar film. And then the second one <laughs> is again I looked at this other one, which is supposed to be I will get to one that I think is actually terrifying. But again, this one's supposed to be terrifying, but I want to be friends with it too. So another Guyanese myth is the Baco, which cute name. So the Baco is it's almost like the opposite of the Moongazer. It's a tiny little green man. He's entirely green. <laughs> That's hilarious. 
And he's got like a really thick beard, but he's like tiny, 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 like smaller than hamster tiny. Also green, like everything's yeah. green, literally. His eyes, his beard, inside yeah. of him. If you Everything come open, you'll be green. Oh. All green, just all shades of green. Good one for the Celtic fans out there. Indeed. Be their new mascot instead of Hoopy Hound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tobacco, he's great. Give him something to do. This also relates to like what you were talking about, Yaz, to do with warlocks. So there's also this idea of warlocks in Guyanese culture. And so that's kind of part of the reason that Baco, the Baco are considered to be scary, because they're often associated with these warlocks. And people believed that they were very difficult to catch and obviously very difficult to spot because, as you said earlier, Leslie, like, you know, leafy, rainforesty, jungly, thick vegetables. Mm-hmm. everywhere so they kind of blend in really well but warlocks are good at catching them and what they'll often do is they'll catch them and they'll keep them in a corked bottle oh, or no. a jar with a lid on it so if you see one and it's in a bottle or it's in a jar with a lid on it it normally means warlocks caught them oh this reminds me of the bfg when he like catches what it makes me think of yeah yeah the jars with like them stuck inside oh. the the backhoe, when they've been caught, they're really expensive to keep. So Why? Do they demand jewels and fine wines? Uh, no, they like milk and bananas, but <laughs> in order to stay alive, a backhoe needs to drink over a gallon of milk and eat over a ton of bananas a day. <laughs> but what? They're, they're really tiny? Where are they packing all that in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What are they doing? So, Where are they getting all that? If you're walking, you've got one in a jar, then that's like, it will die unless you manage to get that to it every 24 hours. So, you know, that's quite a drain on your finances. So, uh, whoever it is that's keeping them, if you feed them to keep them alive, then eventually they'll, like, grow an attachment to you. Now, again, I think this is really cute because they grow an attachment to you, so they'll do whatever you want. So, like, if one of us caught one and we gave it bananas and milk, then it'll do your cooking for you or it'll do your cleaning for you. Like, it'll just kind of run me errands for you. But, it's like a brownie. Yeah, it's so like, it, 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 that was what it was, it's just like a little brownie that's green. One on, they sound cute. But people, because again of this fear of warlocks, think that if a warlock has been looking after it, it might tell it to do evil tasks. So that means it's not safe to go near because a warlock might have said like, if anybody opens this jar, then kill them. And so for that reason, it's a Guyanese tradition that if you find a cork bottle or a sealed jar, you should immediately throw it in the river or into the sea in case it contains a backhoe and that backhoe has been trained by an evildoer. I would take the risk and open it and let the fucking thing out. Yeah, I think like... Uh, it's tiny, what's it going to do? Uh-huh. Also, I feel like they're judging it unfairly. Like, there's not actually any stories of it doing anything bad. The whole thing's like, if it's been kept by a bad person, they might make it do something bad. I say free it and then that sorts the problem. I also like that in South America, it's um, it's not so much a witch problem, but warlocks. So it's like men, they're, they're the evil sort of magical thing. <laughs> Which, you know, makes sense. Is there like witch find, um, warlock finder generals that are women that go around hunting these warlocks? Oh, nice. Yeah. Let's start one. So, you and me, Yasmin. <laughs> that sounds quite they're funny. They're my two. Like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but for like yeah. warlocks. Warlock Slayer. Yeah, well, I'm the Warlock Slayer. Have your own separate program, so I'm gonna have my uh, like Pixar film, and you two can have some sort of like Buffy the War- Vampire killing warlock spinoff. Yes. <laughs> you fun. can be but you can be Buffy. I'll be like Willow or something. Oh, Willow's cute though. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll be Buffy. <laughs> I'll be well, in my Pixar film, when me and my new Guyanese friend have now made friends with the Moongazer and the Baco, obviously at some point in the film there needs to be something that has a, a message. 
and takes a dramatic turn mm-hmm. and then something actually evil shows up and everyone cries so that's where i think the third one i've looked at which is the jumbi would come in jumbi so i love jumbie all these names actually is scary and um, there's no like light-hearted bit at the end where i'm like i don't want to be his friend i don't want to be his friend all religions in guyana including guyanese christianity have some version of the jumbi as part of their mythology okay there's a popular guyanese saying which basically if you were to translate it into english well it's kind of what's used in like see if you were like leaving somebody's house late at night here and you'd be like be careful mm. stay safe phone when you get home so there's like a saying that's effectively that in guyanese but if you translate the saying into english the saying actually is don't let a jumbie hold you oh like don't let the bed bugs bite don't let yeah like, kind of like a jumbie hold you so a jumbie is a being that was once a human man or woman or non-binary person (laughs) (laughs) man or woman although again like you were saying most often it's men and there's a very good reason for that because a jumbie is a human that was so wicked in their life that they're not allowed to enter any afterlife oh wow like the epitome for punishment yeah so it's like a punish it's like effectively you're so evil that the devil doesn't even want you in hell (laughs) Oh, wow. <laughs> that's evil sorry Liza. that's that's fucking evil but i, f- I found i find it interesting as well because i think like quite often when we talk about the devil we're like but the devil doesn't actually think the devil's evil so surely the devil would be sound so mm. i quite like the idea that the devil's like uh no mate hitler you're not coming to hell i think you're a dickhead as well yeah you're not coming in here he's like Stop a bouncer in club so yeah you have to be like <laughs> not coming in here with those shoes on pal <laughs> Don't like trainers in here. Yeah, you have to be like Hitler levels of unbelievably evil and then you turn into a jumbie. So a jumbie's kind of similar to a poltergeist, but again, it can only come out at night and it can only harm you if you're outside. So it'll like grab you and hold on to you and bring you harm, but only if you're outdoors. Once you're indoors, so again, kind of like a vampire, once you're indoors, it can't cross the threshold of your home. It can only be places that aren't owned by anyone. Oh, okay. Which would be quite a... Well, I don't know. Would it be quite a lot? Because technically, I don't really know much about Guyana. I think you look into it. I don't know how many people own houses, or maybe they built their own houses in Guyana. I'm yeah. looking at the little small details. It doesn't really I think matter. What, though, like, I think if you rent your house, a Gumby still wouldn't, sorry, a Jumby still wouldn't be able to, to come in. Do you have to then physically invite it in then? Is that how it works, like a vampire, or how does it get in? No, it can't come in. Oh, all right. Oh, so you wouldn't invite it It's not like a sexy, seductive vampire. It's just like an angry, racist ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're like some sort of... Yeah, nobody's going to be inviting them in. So one of Guyana's most infamous uh, jumbies is uh, Clute de de Nguyenkirk, who, you can tell from his name, clearly was a bastard. So (laughs) Clute was... This is not directly from any (laughs) mythology books. This is my own wording of it. Clute was a fucking shit. Uh, he, was, <laughs> he was a plantation owner and he was a slave trader. That's and he treated the people that he enslaved particularly barbarically, even by slave trader standards. And so for that reason, when he eventually thankfully died, uh, the people of Guyana believed that he wasn't allowed to pass over into heaven. But again, the devil didn't want him in hell. None of the other religions wanted them in their afterlife. He was not allowed to enter anywhere because he was so wicked and evil. So he was trapped on earth. And it's said that Clute appears on the outskirts of the town that he once called home at nightfall every night. And he walks from the outskirts of town back to the grounds of his plantation. But obviously he can't enter the house that's now there because it's somebody's house that they own. And yeah, he terrifies and attacks and tries to kill anyone he passes by on the way from the outskirts of town into 
these old plantation lands. So how would they, um, is there any way that, like, see, in this Pixar movie, that <laughs> the, the two other characters, <laughs> I forget their names. Uh, Moongazer and Baco. Moongazer and Baco, yeah. How do they team up and defeat the, the Jumbo Man, Jumbie? Ooh, so I'm going to say Can't... that Moongazer makes intense eye contact with him because oh, yeah. he's so mad. Obviously, being a racist fuckhead as a form of madness, so he's only temporarily incapacitated. Mm-hmm. And when he's temporarily incapacitated, Baco eats him. Right, <laughs> and then shits him out in the form of... Shits him out into the jar that Baco's getting her in, and then we seal it and throw it in the sea. Yay, the end. <laughs> And then everyone sings a jolly happy song. Is that yeah. our films end? We all dance round and sing, the racist dead, he's in the sea, fuck that guy. He's a dumpy. <laughs> 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 I don't think we're going to win any Oscars for songwriting there. Uh, um, we're going to win all the Oscars, thank you very much. Well, I'm going to talk about, um, I'm going to take us to Peru, the jungles of Peru. Yay! And again, it's a creature that is supposed to be like a pain in the arse, but I actually quite like him, or it, because I don't really know, again, what, what's, it's not really human, so I can't really give it a sex. But it's called the Chilla Chakwi, and it's a short goblin that wears a hood. Now, I don't know, they don't describe what the hood looks like, so it could be anything you want, you know, like a little leaf hood, a, a hood made out of leaves in the jungle, or like cloth, or whatever, whatever your imagination, wherever it wants to take you. Um, yeah okay well here's some more so according to locals it's responsible for the disappearance of many people in the jungles of peru and it has the ability to take on the appearance of a loved one or of the victim or in the form of hunter's prey in order to trap them or lure them away but that was kind of similar to something that yasmin was talking about one of her creatures turned into something that you know, like was it one of the women and it turned into something that you'd recognize was that the one that, that you would yeah, like she'd turn into either like your mum or your aunt or someone that mm-hmm. you knew so that you would trust her. Yeah, so this wee guy does the same thing, except that he can turn into animals that hunters are after. Say like you're hunting like your usual, like I don't know, in Peru, what they, they hunt for, like snakes or something. Who knows? Llamas. Llamas, <laughs> yeah. So it might appear in the form of a llama to get the hunter to chase them and then it, it, they end up lost in the jungle because it just sort of disappears and then you're like well, fuck where the fuck am i i'm stuck that's what it does but in or but there is a flaw with this thing so the only way that you can ch- you can tell if it's uh chilla twacky and not like your best pal or your prey is that it has a fucked up leg just Ooh. one leg so one leg's fine and then the other one is well, some people describe it as having a goat's leg, the leg of a goat, so it's got like a wee hoof. Or other people describe it as having like one leg shorter than the other or having a backwards foot. Basically, it's got a fucked up mutated leg either way. It's It's got a weird leg. And its very name means, so if you break it down, chilla means different and chakwi means foot. Yeah. So it yeah. literally translates different foot. Yeah, messed up foot or whatever. It's like, Weird remember years ago when we did the one and I looked at the deer woman in um, oh, yeah. America and she, when when she shapeshifts, or, well, both of her feet stay the same. Oh, okay. Maybe they're related. Maybe. Is the it's like, any, like, <laughs> sorry, I was going to say, does that maybe have any, like, devil connotations? Like, it always has. Possibly. I don't know whether it was made, if it, if it was pre-Hispanic mm-hmm. and then they just sort of changed it to whatever, like, Catholic Christian yeah, devils. Maybe I think it was pre-Hispanic, but then when the Spanish came over 
and you know took over Peru and colonized it the fucks they turned Chalakui into sort of a devil character because I like to think of him um, as a forest spirit and the reason why I say that is because says because he lives in the rainforest he's sort of a forest spirit who guards the land and the animals and he punishes any men or people who like similar to another one that you spoke about yeah yeah, well he doesn't do that though he's not that much of a a prick so he breaks the taboo or otherwise acts unwisely in the forest and according to the local legend he's a member of like an elder species like a fae i'd say like a goblin or something like that like a forest spirit that once lived there long before humans so if you think about like game of thrones like there's the, the people who live what are they called? The tree people or something? Yeah, I don't know. Called? Can't remember. But yeah, they they lived there before man was was there. So they're sort of like magical elves. And um, they so what what happens is is that they inhabit forest spots far from human habitation, usually deep in the forest. And most of the time, they were uninterested in humans. Obviously, when humans came along and started deforesting, like shut like hunting the animals and chopping down the trees and it happens a lot now with the jungle like deforestation and everything that their territory like a lot of animals ended up moving towards the edge of the forest so that they they became more like exposed and pissed off so if a human being dwells too close to their their fields are oh they have their own gardens and fields which i thought was really cute so, yeah, a bit yeah. like that. I mean, they're, they're, they have their own habitations. It's usually deep in the forest, and they've got their own little like area where they they hang about. Basically, their own little private gardens or fields that they tend. And if any humans or whatever like try to ch- chop it down and stuff like they do, then they might attack or put a spell on the unlucky human or try and lure them deeper into the forest so that they become lost. So, um, also they said it might steal a human child and raise it as its own or lure humans into a trap. For mating purposes, and they said that a human stolen by the Chala, um, the Chalachwaki becomes one of them. Cool. But again, I think that's quite nice. Yeah. Some people might think it's wrong, but I actually quite like it because it's maybe it can't reproduce on its own, so it mates with whatever human happens to like invade its little field. And then mates with them, and then they become Chilliquia themselves, and they become guards. So, like a logger could potentially become the guardian of the forest. So, what once was chopping yes. down the forest becomes the guardian of the forest. So, this is where I'm like saying, like the positive side to the Chala, um, the Chalachiqui is that he just wants to protect the jungle and forests of Peru, and therefore he will punish loggers or people who endanger or disrespect the jungle and its creatures. Because more and more of the jungle is being cleared, the more chance of Chalachiqui is to appear. Oh wow! I like that one. I like yeah. that actually. Like and there's a story about the Chalak, the uh, the <laughs> Chalachiqui, and oh, there's a weird story about it where some people say that he is he appears in the shape of a very short man, like angry short man dressed in rag, and he waves his fists about in the air looking for a fight. So <laughs> the indigenous people <laughs> believe he's a little Scottish Ned. So the indigenous people believe that if a man a man must accept his challenge if you come across him and beat him until he uncovers all the richness he has hidden in the jungle. And it says that he who declines the challenge is cursed with the inability to hunt with foul luck. Family and friends turns to enemies and wives leave with other men. So basically if you don't beat the the challenge you're just not a man anymore and you're fucked and you have no luck anymore. But what if you don't want to kill it? 
Uh, I don't think you kill it, you just beat it in a fight, and yeah. then he fucks off and goes tries to fight up other people. <laughs> yeah, some nice. It's just funny. <laughs> I don't really like that part of the story. I like to think that that's just like some urban legend that people just made up. Well, there's this bit I found that someone wrote, probably who lives in Peru, and it says, in September 2007, an experienced jungle guide was taking 10 tourists for a day in the rainforest. The plan was to go to the Palpintuazi butterfly farm at the village of the Padre Cocha, and from there walk three miles or so through the jungle to visit the Bora Indians in the village of San Andreas. Sounds great. So after walking for about 40 minutes, the group came to a small clearing out of which led three paths. Although experienced, the guide was confused and he wasn't sure which path to take. So out of nowhere, while he was pondering which path to take, appeared a boy and he was about 10 years of age. And the guide asked the boy which path led to San Andreas. Like, here, can you give me directions? Which one should I take? And the boy said to the guide that he came from that village and that he would happily take them there. So the boy led the way, and after about an hour, they came to another clearing with more sev- like more paths leading from it. And the guy turned to the boy and he says, here, which one should I take this time? But the boy disappeared. So the group continued on what they thought was the right path. He just had to just guess. And then after another three hours <laughs> with light fading, they realised they were going in the wrong direction. Oh, Rather than turn back, the guide led them on. And luckily, eventually, they came to a village. They were, in fact, some three miles upstream from San Andreas, and it was 9pm. They'd managed to hitch a ride on a passing river taxi and found their original speedboat still waiting for them at San Andreas. On the river taxi, the guide told the other passengers about their ordeal and about the little boy, and the passengers just all laughed and said, ah, it wasn't a little boy, but it was a little mischievous chillachwacky. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Not a big deal. They were just like, oh, well. I mean, they got lucky. It was just... I mean, I don't... I don't Sounds think in that case that the Chalachwikwi was just being, they're just saying he's being a wee bit cheeky, you know, he's not trying mm-hmm. to, he's not trying to make them lost or, because no, eventually lucky. they were on the right path, it led them to a village eventually, I think they just, we, the wee guy was just like, ah, fuck with these people. <laughs> he was bored. Yeah, maybe, or he just didn't like them cutting through his patch. <laughs> or maybe he wanted to lead them away from his patch. Could be a reason. Uh, maybe, could have done. I was like, this is my bit, <laughs> I need to go away. Yeah. So I think it's really cute. I, I really like it. Um, the little guardian of the forest. So if you're ever in the jungles of Peru and you like maybe you're with a group of people or we're there and I happen to or Mark happens to disappear <laughs> and then if it, after a wee while you, you find him again, check the leg just to be sure. Check the leg. Check my legs. Because <laughs> <laughs> you never know. It may be a chalachwakwi. Mm, I like that one. It's cute. It's very like cute and playful. And then another one I've got is um, it's a pre-Spanish myth, and it's the myth of the Cuny Raya Haya Cocha. And I find it really funny because I think it's a bit mean. So, and you decide whether you think it's mean or not, but I do. Um, so it says the legend of Cuny Raya Haya Cocha was a god of the countryside. And he habitually disguised himself as a beggar. He wears like deteriorated suits and looks unkempt. He basically just looks like a fucking tramp, you know, <laughs> like a bit like Frank Gallagher from um... Mark White Fanfield. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Fanfield. <laughs> 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 I mean, nothing wrong with a sexy tramp. You well, <laughs> that's why you might um, think this is mean, Mark. 
So one day walking through the Pachacamac sanctuary, he crossed paths with Chachulaka, the most beautiful young woman in the place. And he fell in love with her at first sight because we know it's all about the looks. So Kuni Raya approached her to introduce himself, but the beautiful girl ignored him because, you know, why would a beautiful woman be interested in a fucking tramp? No. One day when the young woman was weaving under a lacuma tree, the god took the opportunity to turn into a bird and put his, they describe it as a germ, but it's basically sperm, basically he's, he's, he's in one of the fruits. So he just in a fruit, and the young woman took that very fruit and tasted it. Ew, and, ew, ew, ew. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, um, call me by your name. Yeah, when he just in a peach. That's <laughs> <laughs> disgusting. Ew, ew. Yeah, he's a big fan of that film, so he's, he's decided to try it out. And then after nine months, you can guess what happened. Chachuliaka gave birth to a baby. I mean, she That's didn't... how you get pregnant. Well, <laughs> she must have thought, what the fuck's going on? And then she's like, after taking care of her for a year, she decided to gather all the gods who are called Huakas in order to find out who the girl's father was. So it's a bit like the sort of Peruvian version of the Mori Povich show when she needs to find out who the father is. <laughs> And did a DNA test. <laughs> oh, God. So all of them went very elegantly dressed to the meeting, except for Kuni Raya, who a coacher who doesn't give a fuck what he looks like. I like the idea that you get dressed up. Like, if yeah. you were suddenly pregnant and were like, who's the dad of my baby? I've invited every man I know that. I'd be like, well, I bought a new suit. Also, we've never <laughs> had sex, but <laughs> still, nice suit. <laughs> like, Looks laminous, you know. Uh, and then he said, given the refusal of the attendees to recognise the little girl. So they, they got all dressed up in their nice suits, but they were like, no, I'm not the dad. Uh, I'm not your dad. You're not the father of the baby. <laughs> Kahula Ka'aka placed her daughter on the floor and allowed her to move where her father was. So and I guess back then they didn't have like lie detector DNA tests. The only way that she could detect, like find out who the father was is just to like her daughter would recognize who her father was naturally so she what? just placed it in. and it's sort of like a spin the bottle situation where the, the daughter just crawls wherever whoever her dad's so that's how the girl approached and hugged kuni raya which is sweet because that's her dad yeah, that nice. but she was outraged by that absolutely she went rage she because it was him like he was a trampy guy that she rejected so after seeing that he the, the guy that just didn't look hot well maybe he was hot he just didn't give a shit about what kind of clothes they wanted to wear yeah um she didn't hesitate to carry her daughter and i think this is a bit over dramatic she grabbed her daughter ran to the sea of the pachacamac and threw herself into the water with her child so like a murder suicide situation um kuni raya hoya tried to stop her as you would but was unsuccessful so they were both turned into two islets which can be seen in front of the beaches of Pachacamac in the south of Lima. So I think that's really fucking me. So rather than like accept that the father's not like a hot guy in a suit, she decided to just kill herself and her child when the child was quite happy that the tramp guy I think both of the adults in this story are awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't quite right for him to jizz in a fruit and get her pregnant against her will, I suppose. Yeah, you shouldn't jizz on people's food, but you also (laughs) drown your baby. They're both bad things to do. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what the moral of the story is. Is it is it that women are shallow? Don't eat fruit that's got white stuff on it. <laughs> sexually <laughs> assault people. <laughs> and have a bath, because maybe if he had a bath, she would have wanted to stay with them. Possibly. 
But I mean, if you're da- if you're the daughter, I don't know what kind of god he was. Like, was he just the god of slovenliness or something? Like, it doesn't say what he actually does. I haven't looked him up. I don't know whether he's just like a worthless god, or like if I had a daughter and he turned out the father was a god, that'd be pretty cool having a demigod for a daughter. But yeah, I suppose I would be a bit annoyed that he impregnated me against my will. I suppose that would be shit. Fair enough. I wouldn't drown her though. So then I've come to the final um, item that is linked to Peru, specifically Lima. I don't know why I'm fascinated about Lima. I really want to go there. But anyway, it's called The Legend of La Casa Matusita. Does anyone know any Spanish? Casa House. Yeah, house, house, castle, usually house or whatever. And Matusita is a Japanese name. So it's a house, and this is a real house. It's a house in Lima said to be cursed or haunted. It's one of the oldest houses in the city. Many urban legends and stories have emerged about this house over the years. The house is located in downtown Lima, which is the capital of Peru, if you don't know that. Between the avenues of a street called Spain and Inco Gar Silaso de la Vega, if you want to try and find it on Google Maps or whatever. Yeah. Nice. The origins of this house where they say that the paranormal beginning started is that the land was cursed because it said the first owner of the house was a European named Parvana Derraspa who arrived in Lima in 1753. Her neighbours accused her of practising sorcery and witchcraft before the Holy Inquisition because they claimed that she had the ability through rights to cure some diseases that plagued the Viserigo capital. Why? That's a good thing. I know. I think it's just because she was foreign and she owned land, like she owned a house that, and she was a woman that... She must be a witch. Yeah. Bastards. After being tortured and martyred by the Inquisitors, she had to confess that her power came from hell, which obviously it didn't, for which she was condemned to the stake. Her only crime was being foreign and knowing how to cure people. I don't yeah, see why that's the fucking crime. That, like, where does your power come from to make people healthier? From evil itself! Like, that doesn't add up. <laughs> <laughs> Again, one of the many reasons why we should all hail Satan. Yeah. So, <laughs> the story tells that Parvana, in the middle of the bonfire, launched a curse that fell on the house where later on people lived. So she cursed the land, said anyone else who lives in that house are fucked. Good for her. Honestly, good for her. So the next story is called Bloody Revenge. So the next point where someone built a house, so they must have like demolished their house at some point and rebuilt it on the land where her, first, her original house was. And the legend points out that in this house, there lived a very perverse man who constantly mistreated and abused his two servants. So one day, the gentleman decides to celebrate a party in his house, for which he invited several pals, and it's there that the servants decided to take revenge by throwing a powerful hallucinogen in the meals and drink of all the attendees that would then cause them various oh, mental disorders. Fun. <laughs> that actually, do you know that the fun fact, right? Someone actually did that on the set of um, the Titanic, you know, the um, film with James Cameron. Yeah. They were having like lunch or something or a party after a rap party. And someone, they don't know who to this day, biked their, I think their chowder or whatever they were drinking, uh, eating with PCP. (laughs) (laughs) And they all started eating it and they all started, like several people started like laughing uncontrollably and just reacting all weird. Um, Some people were eventually hospitalised and they never found out who did it. (laughs) 
That's I wonder right. who it was. So the employees, they hid in the kitchen until the poison took effect and left once the screaming subsided. The scene they saw was indescribable. So they sneaked back in once the screaming had stopped. And what they saw was mutilated bodies intestines scattered throughout the room walls stained with blood the employees did not support what they saw and lost their reason by ending their days in the asylum in the city's capital so it's like they did that it caused them to go psychotic like the hosts and horrifically murder each other and then they when they actually saw the result of what they did apparently it just met they they were in denial about it and they went mental and they ended up in a, in a so the joke's on them or maybe because they were servants they actually didn't do anything and the reason that they were in an asylum is because they were like you've gone so mad you can't even admit to your crime and they were like no we like mm-hmm. well maybe I so know, that really scares me like getting put in an insane asylum like when you're not crazy because you say it's like I'm not crazy I'm not crazy but that's what a crazy well, person well that's what literally people used crazy. to do in the 19th century in Britain like or the 18th century even the men when you married a man you were his property and if he decided yeah. he wanted rid of you all he needed to do was just say ah oh, she's mental and have her put away in an institution and no one questioned it because you're the man and yeah. you have more authority it doesn't matter what you say to say that you're you're saying they will lock you up and the longer you're in there the more you feel crazy and then you sound yeah. crazy and, and then, then it's crazy, crazy and then you actually are crazy I, just, I find that terrifying like genuinely terrifying I just, yeah oh. we live in really I, I was saying to david today I, I feel really lucky i live in the age that i do because everything before that just seems really shit I'm yeah. so lucky the freedom I have. Then it comes to the name of the the house that where it comes that that it's named for the Matsushita Matsushita. After that, some years later, like in the early 19th century, no, early 20th century, the fa- a Jap family they they believed it came from Japan. That's where the name Matsushita, where the house gets its name. So a Japanese family they lived he was they lived happily in this house. He was married with his wife. They had two adorable children. Nothing foreshadowed the terrible end of this model family. But one day the husband arrived from work to his house and he found his wife with another subject in bed. When he saw that his wife was banging another guy, he took a knife and he savagely murdered his partner and her lover. And a prisoner of anger altered. So he was overcome with rage, basically. And he couldn't, he, he waited for the arrival of their children and he then killed them as well. And then he claimed that the house made him mad and that's why he did it. So when he came to his senses, and he realised that he'd killed his wife and just basically butchered his children and everyone in it and the house, he committed harikiri, thus ending his life. And that made me think of the Cecil Hotel because I I watched a Ghost Hunters Adventures um, programme about that recently and a lot of fucked up things have happened in there and they believe that one of the investigators said that he felt filled with rage and he felt like he wanted to rush the other guys and the the theory is that that there's so much evil in that place that whatever's in there wants to take control or it takes control of your head or makes you feel angry and makes you want to jump out of a window and that's why there's been several suicides there and because so many fucked up shit has happened in a certain place that's it has an effect on you so that's what they think happened with this japanese family even it like was a the house middle story you told like that could still work even mm. with me saying that i don't think that the servants were involved but 
obviously I'm torn apart so it's possible that like maybe one of the people at the party got so full of rage they started ripping everyone else apart and then ripped themselves apart yeah and it could be and they said that the, the owner of the house was also really perverse and horrible and maybe that was maybe was just naturally that way or it could be in the house that made them so the final tale I've got is that well there's a couple so another tale tales of a local priest who attempted to perform an exorcism when the shopkeeper renting the first floor complained of strange noises above the priest climbed the stairs entered the dark and unkempt second floor living room within minutes he began to scream that he heard the voices of tortured spirits and when his shouts ceased he was soon found inside the house they say he died of a heart attack and the final and most recent story about the house happened in the 1960s Humberto Velchez Vera an Argentine TV personality took up a dare to spend seven days and nights inside the haunted second floor after only four hours he ran out screaming and spent the next two years in psychological care. Huh. <laughs> so absolutely driven crazy. Yeah, so again, the house probably, I don't know what he saw. He refused to talk about what he saw in there and maybe the influence of the house or the evil spirits in there that sort of have infiltrated the walls. I don't know, it's weird. I do believe that that could happen, that there's a place that you pick up negative vibes. Also an interesting story, well, a theory about the legend of the La Casa Mutisita is told by the central Lima locals. They say that because the old United States embassy in Peru was right across from the old house, the legend was invented to keep anyone from entering and spying on the embassy from the second floor. Hmm. And if this is the case, the legend has persisted long after the embassy moved away. And it is owned by people today, but they don't live in it. People tend to like tour it as a sort of ghost house. But people are annoyed that the, the new owners have sort of renovated it because they feel like by renovating the place, it sort of ruined its legend. But I don't see how that would make any difference. No, surely if it's haunted, it's haunted. I don't think yeah. they're going to be like, or demons or whatever they are, are going to be like, I'm not going to haunt this place anymore because I don't like the new worktop you put in, in the kitchen. And I suppose like as the owners, they don't want, they're trying to debunk the myths and that it's a haunted house and stuff. But I don't get that because if I owned the house, I'd probably want to exploit that. And, yeah. you know, like, get money off of, like, tourists going around to visit or ghost hunters and things like that. But they just, they don't want to know about it. What do you it's think? Would you visit get the Matsushita house? Would you stay overnight in it? Nope. No. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, I'd stay overnight in any haunted house. Would you really, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. In the dark? No. Yeah. All right. I don't know if I could see it. Like, that Cecil Hotel, I can... I couldn't even spend one night in there. No way. I think if I didn't believe in stuff like that, then it'd be fine. I'd be like, oh, it's just a hotel. It's a big deal. But I just believe that there's something. See, I don't believe much in that. But then I do. If it's a a murder house or fucked up things have happened in there, then that's where I get a bit booked. I do believe in it. And that's why I'd want to stay in it. Like, Mm. if I got offered the chance to stay there overnight, I'd jump at it. That's Sounds great. I think the closest we would be able to get to do that is to go to the Edinburgh vaults and maybe get permission to stay overnight no, in the no, dark. No. no. Yeah. Spend the no. night with Mr. Boots. No. <laughs> no. Have you been there? Yeah, have you been down I've, the vaults? I've been to the vaults. Remember well, we talking... talked about it before, yeah. Is no, but I'm talking about the other side where Mr. Boots lives. No way on earth would I spend the night in there. Like... Oh. I don't think I could do it either, to be honest. It's just, I'd probably scare myself more than anything even happening. <laughs> like my yeah, if you'd start screaming and then I would start screaming and then it would just, <laughs> it just escalate. You'd just use a rat or something and start screaming, that'd be us. And then they'd find our mangled bodies the next day because we'd 
beat ourselves up to the point where we were so scared we can see each other. No, just no. And then I'd be institutionalized for murdering you both, and I'd be like, I'd then murder them with each yeah. other. Yeah. Was the room? Oh, so mad! He thinks they murdered each other. <laughs> the bad energy made me do it. I think um, there's lots of. I mean, that's where the only legends I could kind of find out about. Well, there was other ones. It was like a, a, a woman who was also a mule. Like she changed into a mule or something. I really know. Like there, there's not really a lot of um, mythology that I found out about Peru. There was one about like a woman who sacrificed herself because there was a bull that would come out and it would flood, flood the, the city or whatever it was. And she had to sacrifice her life by diving into the water and getting this bull inside the cage and locking it up. And um, maybe it is a place to this day that still floods. So that's like the legend. If the bull ever escapes, the place will flood, something like that. I find it really interesting, South America. It is a bit of a... There's so many stories and there must be so much interesting things there because of like the Incas and how ancient it is. Like as ancient as ancient Egypt was, or even like one of the, the earliest civilizations. And they built pyramids and they had sacrifices and different gods and... It's a fascinating place. Yeah, I think it's definitely one that we could do, if not another episode, like another couple of episodes on. Mm-hmm. Although I must admit, see if you compare it to all the other like myths and things we've done that are maybe European or American, they're none mm-hmm. of them there's something. I feel like we must be a lot darker than. Europe. I think so. Yeah, I, I think t- a lot of myths and legends in Europe tend to be a lot darker than maybe the South American ones. Yeah. But then we didn't really sacrifice children and take their hearts out and throw them down. <laughs> A pyramid, did we? Or did we? We burnt people in wicker, man. Yeah, I mean, we just film burnt people at the stake and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Try to compare how evil you are. I love, love the idea of the wicker man, though. That's one of my favourite films ever. When they burnt the virgin policeman. Christian <laughs> and the big wicker man. I felt sorry for the animals, though, because it was like goats and pigs and stuff and the wicker man with them. But yeah, fuck them. <laughs> I'd like to visit the wicker man. Right, what are we doing next week? Yeah, are we doing the pull some numbers out of a hat? Yeah. Yeah. You still have stuff on the list, right? Yeah, I should. That's I think. Why don't you pick a number, Mark? I know you never get to pick one. Mm. But then I'm not going to be with you next week. Um, yeah. doesn't matter. Then you don't want to do it then. <laughs> um. Well, how about like okay, we'll skip a week. Yeah. And then we'll be all together in a week, whatever. But so we'll have a, a subject to talk about when we're all together again. Okay. Well, in that case. I'm trying to not look at... I, I've written down how many things there are on the list that we'll still do. So there's 11, so I'm going to pick number 7. Okay. Lucky number 7. What is Which it? Which is... Ooh. Um, the one that Yaz said a couple of weeks ago. So, like, superpowers, whether or not superpowers are real. Okay. I really don't remember saying that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I don't remember what I did this morning, so it's totally legit. I feel like, yeah, there's still quite a few in the last that we've to hit on that are your suggestions that, and I'm not going to say any of them just now, but that really entertain me because some of them, I don't actually know what you mean. <laughs> Maybe I just misinterpreted what you meant, but either way, we're going to do superpowers for the next one. There's the superpowers. Superman, uh-huh. like the idea of like an ubermensch. Oh, I'm turning it on Nazi again, sorry. <laughs> This episode is the Leslie Nazi special. <laughs> Superpowers. Um, it's like if you think they're real, like the kind of X-Men type thing. Yes. Okay. All right, then. Well, thank you for joining us this week with the adventures of the South American myths and legends. And, yeah, we'll talk to you next time. We're uh, on uh, a week's time. Or, no. Two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. I think do a wee mini pod or something. Sure. So just to fill in the gaps. But, yeah. 
I'll look forward to talking to you then. And yeah, um, thank you for listening. And also, if you want to join us or make any comments, again, you can find us on Facebook at Facebook group Crystal Myth. Or you can go onto Twitter and you'll find us there. Just look up Crystal Myth Podcast and you should find us under podcast underscore myth. Give us a follow or a like and any comments. We're welcome. Speak to you then. Love you. Love you all. Love you all. Bye. Crystal Myth.